Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all new Rate Shield Approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield Approval is a real game changer, and here's why. First, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. Here's the crucial part if rates go up, your rate stays the same. If rates go down, your rate also drops. So either way, you win. It is the kind of thinking that you would expect from America's largest mortgage lender. And to get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. It's Tuesday, August 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. Happy Tuesday. Thank you. Uh, we've got some poll results we need to get to today. We've got some exciting news from ESPN. But I think it's fair to say that revenue is the theme today with the earnings news. Uh, working out in good ways and bad. And we'll start with Zillow. And I think with Zillow, you can forget the adjusted profits that they reported in the second quarter, because no one appears to care about that, because Zillow's revenue came in lower than expected, and guidance for the full fiscal year was weak, and shares of the real estate website operator are getting smacked in a big way. Zillow down 17% this morning. Yeah, revenue. The revenue guidance was very weak, and complicating matters. Zillow also announced an acquisition, which also involves expanding into an additional line of business. So the market reaction is a little hard to parse as to which part of this the market is most disgusted with. <laughs> well, let's just call it a fair, you know, competition between all that missing on on the quarter. Guiding lower and uh, adding a new uh, leg to the business, which didn't go over well the last time it was done either. Well, that's the thing. I I think that while the revenue miss is, uh, I think the stock would be down regardless of the acquisition. But it really does seem like some analysts are going out of their way to essentially say to Zillow, "For the love of God, stop buying things. Just just stop buying new businesses and trying to." Build out your portfolio. Get your core business right. Maybe I, I think it seems to me that the addition here is a mortgage lender from Overland Park, Kansas. Mortgage Lenders of America is the name of the acquisition. It's not that big a company; about 300 employees, and it's complementary toward the. Um, Home acquisition and refurbishment and resale business that Zillow has started, but has not yet translated into actual revenue. I think so. There, it doesn't seem to me this is wandering too far out of what their core competencies should be. But until they prove that they can make profit on this kind of thing, I guess the market's going to keep reacting negatively. So, when you look at the stock right now, all of a sudden on a bit of a discount, the stock's on sale. Does this interest you at all? Or do you look at this and say, no, I really want to see at least one or two quarters of revenue going in the right direction? 
it interests me. I'd want to do more work than I've done uh, looking at the, this brand new business about which there was relatively little disclosed, uh, i.e., the purchase price. I was going to say, including the amount of money that they paid for Mortgage Lenders of America. Yes, and that's the kind of thing you'd want to know, uh, I think, to have uh, the amount of confidence that you should have in, in buying something. The stock price has sort of wandered around, visited a few interesting places, but not really much improved, uh, certainly not over the last year. And uh, I think that, the, as I say, I think that the business construction of getting into uh, being a, a seller, a buyer and a seller, and a mortgager makes sense, given their data. Uh, but it makes the business a lot more asset-heavy. I mean, there aren't too many assets heavier than a home. True. Yeah. And before it was like a website, which is very asset light, weighs almost nothing. Almost, almost nothing. Yeah, compared to the home, which like I haven't picked up any, but they're pretty heavy from what I hear. Yeah, if you ever see them, certainly on the highway, one of those like you know trucks that has the sign on the back, like just give us a like you know give us a wide berth because wide load. Yeah, we're hauling a home. You never see that on websites. No, wide load. No. What would it mean? Yeah, it like would... a bad website. Somebody doesn't know what the internet does, is is what you would conclude. Um, not to get in the weeds here on uh, on an actual business point, but w- why wouldn't Zillow disclose the amount of money that they paid? Because given their track record, my assumption is they didn't disclose what they paid for Mortgage Lenders of America because they were embarrassed by how much they paid. Okay, so I saw the CEO answering this question on CNBC today, and he said they didn't disclose because they were advised that it was not a material amount. So that begs the question: Why not? Why not disclose? Right. Uh, we and, got this thing for a song. Yeah, it's it, whatever amount of money they spend on it is not material to the size of the business, uh, which is an eight billion dollar. Business, let's say they spent fifty million dollars on it. I think they probably spent more than that, but uh, uh, you could probably go out and, and figure it out uh, to within twenty percent. I think if you had uh, the right comps. Let's move on to Etsy. Uh, Etsy's second quarter revenue came in thirty percent higher than a year ago, and the stock up about eleven percent today. This clearly is the opposite of uh, Zillow, not just because they're in a different business, uh, but uh, this this really does seem. When you look at shares of Etsy, not just up today, but over the past year, up two hundred percent. This really seems like we're buying this thing for the growth. Profits be damned. Yeah, and the growth is there, so that is the good news. Uh, profits are the. Kind of thing that uh, investors have been trained over the years to be patient in waiting for from uh, high growth internet companies. Give you a sort of insight on what the growth looks like over the last quarter uh, 20% on the, the gross merchandise sales, uh, 30% cut, uh, 30% rise in um, Etsy's cut, the revenue. Uh, 55% up on services revenue, 118% increase in uh, adjusted EBITDA. So, the profitability is small, but growing fast. And one of the data points is particularly 
helpful, I think, is that they've increased their transaction fee to 5%, up from 3.5%, which is easy to see, uh, given the popularity of their site, is going to translate to significantly increased revenue. Well, and no retailer is completely Amazon-proof. But if you're going to Etsy, you're you're absolutely finding things that you're just not going to find on Amazon. Yeah, that that is uh, that is its charm, I guess. Um, never having been there, uh, I'm not as much into arts and crafts as I'm sure you are. Uh, but uh, I think they've established a uh, good name for themselves in a business which is. More difficult for Amazon to uh, pursue and crush than um, other big businesses. So, when you look at Etsy's market cap, about five and a half billion right now, do you think someone makes a bid for them because they're not that they're necessarily looking to sell their business, but they've had this great run-up, and it's still, in the grand scheme of things, it's not an enormous company. No, it would need to. There need to be some sort of synergies there because you're not going to get it cheap. Uh, it would have to, or for somebody to be interested in acquiring it, it would have to fit into their portfolio, I think, rather than any sort of private equity type of, of transaction. Because the the company doesn't need to sell itself. It's uh, awfully strong. The market's reacting very positively today, so it is being priced generously based on. A very interesting-looking future, and uh, I don't see who the acquirer is unless they see making the the future even more interesting by virtue of their being associated with it. I don't know. Zillow's in a buying mood. Maybe they'll make a bid for him. Well, I have <laughs> just argued that Zillow's acquisitions at least seem to make sense. You are arguing that Zillow should stop making sense. Uh, I and uh, others uh, are making the case that Zillow needs to take a breath. <laughs> Zillow needs to calm down, stop buying things, uh, because to this point, they're not getting the benefit of the doubt. No. They haven't. They, I should say they haven't earned the benefit of the doubt at this point. I think they've accomplished quite a lot. Uh, I think they have too. I'm just saying, in terms of non-core acquisitions. They need to put that aside for a moment. I think that what uh, the asset light point I think is important because I think that the market tends to I don't even think this uh, I know this likes asset light businesses more than asset heavy businesses and especially when things go wrong you don't want to have a lot of homes on your inventory uh, and and be carrying all that so it's. Not always the case that going from asset light to in part heavier on your assets is a mistake, but it is very rare that it's well received in the short term. And so I would express more confidence in the path that Zillow is going down um, than the market seems to today. That said, the guidance on the revenue going forward was. A rather dramatic lowering, and and that had to do with the revenue recognition on the this home flipping and some of that stuff, and and so it's it was presented as an accounting type issue, but I don't know. 
Let's talk about buying a home for a second, uh, because of rising interest rates, a lot of unpredictability when it comes to buying a home, and it's causing some anxiety. And our friends at Quicken Loans are doing something about it. They're calling it the power buying process, and it works like this. Quicken Loans will verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval, and this gives you the strength of a cash buyer. And once you're verified, you qualify for their all-new exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. And the best part is, if the rates go up, your rate stays the same. If rates go down, your rate also drops. So, you win either way. And it is the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. And to get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Uh, Regarding yesterday's poll question, uh, which company is not in Berkshire's portfolio and the four choices that we put out there on Twitter uh, that Jason Moser uh, threw out to the room, including myself and and Dan Boyd, uh, which is not in Berkshire's portfolio, Visa, SiriusXM, PayPal, and Costco. Dan Boyd, what was your answer yesterday when uh, when Jason threw out those four companies? Visa, SiriusXM, PayPal, Costco. You said? PayPal. And Dan Boyd was right. Dan Boyd nailed it. And so did uh, uh, some of the dozens of listeners on Twitter uh, who voted as well. Um, so, kudos if you got that right. Um, speaking of poll questions, let's get to your poll question, which is uh, the naming of your brand new puppy. Uh, and we put that out there on Twitter. Uh, Tupper, Cooper, and Party Dog. Those were the three names that we put out there. And the people overwhelmingly voted for Party Dog. Party Dog pulling down 52% of the vote in our Twitter poll. Uh, Tupper and Cooper splitting the difference at 24% each. Do you have some news? Well, there's no doubt that the listeners, readers uh, got it right. Uh, Party Dog being an outstanding name, but I'm going to have to bequeath it to somebody else to use. Uh, it didn't. Uh, it didn't pass. It didn't make the cut in your your own family's voting. No, no. I, I think that uh, it really Party Cat works better than Party Dog. I don't know. Party Dog is pretty strong. <laughs> what did you end up naming the puppy? Puppy's named Owen. 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 Wow, a late breaking. Uh... Yeah, came out of, out of nowhere. Uh, Wesley really was uh, almost a done deal for a, a short period of time. From the Princess Bride? Yes. Okay. Yes. And he's Owen. What is the connection to Owen? Owen Wilson? Uh, no. Prayer for Owen Meany? Uh, it's, uh, That's the extent of my Owens. I don't know uh, where the kids came up with the uh, name Owen, but I grew up on Owen Road. So that's what I associate Owen with. Right. Or. Owen Lars, uh, dead uncle of Luke Skywalker, is also, I think, a viable um, thing that he might be named after. Uncle Owen. Uncle Owen. Yep. Yeah. Didn't work out so well for Uncle Owen in that first Star Wars. No, no. I hope you know uh, that that may not be what he's named after. Come to think of it, <laughs> uh, for the second year in a row, ESPN is rebranding the ESPN Two channel for 24 hours. Starting at midnight tonight, so that on August 8th, yes, the eighth day of the eighth month, the Ocho is coming back, of course, uh, inspired by the classic film Dodgeball for 24 hours. Here are some of the sports we're all going to be able to watch on ESPN 2 starting at midnight tonight Dodgeball, 
trampoline dodgeball, the World Championship of Ping Pong, Cornhole, Premier League darts, and my personal favorite, chess boxing. What is chess boxing, you may ask? It is exactly what you think it is. It is a hybrid of chess and boxing with alternating rounds of each. And uh, as we learned when we did a quick Google search on the rules, uh, you win by checkmate or you can win by knockout, which just makes me really want to see Mike Tyson come out of retirement and enter a chess boxing tournament. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to choose from here. You haven't even mentioned. Uh... Saber combat, which seems to involve uh, lightsabers, or uh, kabaddi, uh, which is a tag game where you are only allowed one breath um, to uh, tag as many people as possible. Team tag. Team tag. Uh, I mean, this is this is worth a poll too. Just which of these sports people are most excited about? I this just looking at the lineup. And not to promote ESPN too much, but um, this this may lead to one of those uh, uh, working from home days <laughs> tomorrow. I think I think you're right. Um, I do like this um, as a Disney shareholder because I think beyond just oh this brings a little bit of attention, it just shows a level of fun that. Um, it seems to be. Um, I don't want to say is missing from ESPN because ESPN has a lot of fun and they have a lot of like really creative shows. But just some of the things about ESPN's sort of corporate structure that you hear about. There's a. It seems like in a lot of situations, ESPN is a top-down uh, management style. So the fact that they embrace the Ocho and just say yes for 24 hours, we can have a lot of fun. And just throw some random stuff up there, and just and let's just enjoy it because it's sports after all. Yes, it's a business, um, but shedding some light on things like lawnmower racing and uh, well, again, chess boxing. Uh, you're working from home tomorrow. There's no way you're coming into the office, is there? I I, I don't know. I have to see what the lineup <laughs> is for tomorrow, but it is awfully enticing. Uh, the disappointing thing here is that uh, court tennis didn't make the cut. I mean, they've gone with ping pong, which I've got to say is a significantly more high-profile sport. What actually one of the most popular sports in the world? Um, but but uh, it, to me, that doesn't quite seem to fit in. Also. Darts, which I guess Americans don't realize is sort of one of the most televised sports uh, in various parts of the world, but uh, it it is a revelation, I suppose, to some Americans how big darts is in in other parts. So uh, let's just hit on this real quick before we move on to our final story. Um, and yeah, for anyone who's wondering, we've we're done with the investing part of the show. Um, so. I mentioned this to you the other day, and I'm dead serious about this. So, for those unfamiliar, court tennis is a sport that you've played for a long time. It is the original form of tennis. It's the version of tennis that basically dates back to what, the, like the 14th century or something like that. No one knows. Okay, I mean it predates. It sort of, it does predate uh, any any recorded history. It shows. Of, doesn't it show up in one of Shakespeare's plays? Yeah, more than one. Okay, more than one. So, um, I think. You've got a year now, you and your court tennis uh, comrades. You have a year to get something together 
so that next year, when for the third year in a row ESPN comes out on the Ocho, I want to see Cork Tennis on this. And I think if you just make a direct appeal to them and say, look, you want obscure, this is Cork Tennis for crying out loud. So get something together, throw up, throw up a, a, a mini tournament or something like that. Um, I mean, you've got stuff in the in the realm, uh, it's sort of in the basic geographic region of where ESPN is. Make this happen. 2019 court tennis on the Ocho. Do we have any contacts at ESPN? Um, we might have one or two. We might have one. Let's let's see what we can do there. But but look, it's not gonna, it's not just going to be. Look, don't. Let's not rely on any contacts that we have at ESPN to make the case. The court tennis people, the executives, the cabal that's you know that that runs your sport, they're the ones who need to make the case. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's interesting in trying to figure out, yeah, how these sports got on there. I'd like I'd love to know. Uh, what the mechanism has been for for choosing these things? You know what? You've got a year to to make this conversation happen. Um, we close with uh, uh, a shout out to Bo Underwood, a longtime listener, uh, emailed marketfoolery at fool com with a, a heartwarming business story uh, that just happens to involve uh, one of our favorite businesses. Uh, well, one of yours anyway, uh, Wawa, um, a New Jersey woman. Um, had made a resolution to um, help uh, people out at her local Wawa that she goes to, um, if they were, you know, a short a couple of bucks here or there. And so uh, this is in Medford, New Jersey. And so she, uh, there was a guy in line in front of her um, who seemed like he was a little down and out, and uh, he was a couple of bucks short. So she, you know, jumped up and said, oh, "Let me help you uh, pay for that." And it turned out to be country music star Keith Urban. Which is just fabulous. Is there anything Wawa can't do? Um, I mean, bringing people together, uh, heartwarming stories involving country music stars, and you know, good-hearted citizens of the United States of America. Apparently not. No, I mean, this this. If there's one place in America you would have expected this exact story to take place, it would have to be Wawa. <laughs> Possibly. Um, although I will say, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this, uh, Dan, uh, before or not, but um, we did get an email uh, from a listener, Rich Smith. Um, he sent some photographs of uh, a Bubba's 33, which is the sports bar concept that Texas Roadhouse has started. Mm -hmm. And uh, he sent a very glowing review of his experience there and some photographs of what looked like pretty delicious food. The best information that Rich shared. Because I mentioned that the closest Bubba's 33 to where we sit in this studio is in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He said, check the website because later this fall, a Bubba's 33 is going up in Glen Burnie, Maryland. So that, Dan, that's about an hour away, right? Yeah, it's uh, on the way to Baltimore. On the way to Baltimore. So I think, Dan, fair to say we can make a road trip this fall? I I will if you'd like to come. You're more than welcome to. I'll drive. You bring the equipment. Market foolery at Bubba's thirty three at a date to be determined sometime later this year. Let's put it on the TBD calendar. Okay. We have a TBD calendar. Everything is a TBD calendar for this show, <laughs> including whether or not we last another week. All right. It feels like this show has been ad heavy. Ad heavy. Yeah. I mean, we've we pretty much advertised for ESPN. For Wawa, for the for Texas Roadhouse slash Bubba's, 
Well, if you'd like to add anything, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw one. We've more. just been raving. Like, shouldn't we complain about some businesses while we're at it, just to balance the scales? Did you hear the first five minutes of this show? <laughs> I've got some words on Wawa if we want to go there. <laughs> Let's go there after the closing credits. Uh, you can read more from Bill Barker and his colleagues at Motley Fool Asset Management. Go to foolfunds.com. They've got a free monthly newsletter called Declarations. Uh, it's once a month. It's great investing content. So go to fullfunds.com if you want to sign up for that. Thanks for being here. Am I being thanked? Sorry, I was. <laughs> wow. I thought you were thanking the listeners. No, no, no. We're really done. Well, now. Do you ever bother to thank them? Every once in a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thank them. Maybe I, more often. When I did this. Why, 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 here's the question Why would you thank me? I appreciate you being up here. All right. Even if, if even if some of our listeners go out of their way to say <laughs> when Bill Barker's on the show, uh, that's the one I don't listen to. Well, uh, I'd like to thank the listeners for putting up with me again. Absolutely. I, I thanked them when I was up in Philadelphia and did the solo show. Yeah. Never take for granted that people listen to this show. Are yeah. you kidding me? Did anybody take a, a swing at you or anything? In Philadelphia? Yeah. No, it's the city of brotherly love. Uh, I know. You, you <laughs> I know. <laughs> As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about in The Motley Fool. may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, 